Lingua Podcast live from Dessau is broadcast from Middle Deutschland and features all things languages. The show is hosted by our teachers, presenting students and guests from all walks of language learning experiences. I'm super excited about our guest today. For the first time, we are interviewing a student from our language school. Welcome, Claudia. Hi. Thank Welcome. you for the invitation. Ah, thank you for joining us. So, Claudia, today tell us a little bit about your English language learning experiences. Yes, uh, it was the sixth grade and it was one year after the wall um, came down. Um, after reunification, it was a year of uni re reunification. And um, I was the first class um, who had English for the first language, for the first foreign language. Um, before my age, it was Rush, Rush, Russian. 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 Uh -huh. That's right. Yeah. So I was 12. Okay. I was 12 and I had English for the first time. Yeah. Do you remember your first teacher? Um, I don't remember the name, but she had black hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't, it, it was, a, yeah, in Germany, it's usual that the English teacher are Germans. Mm -hmm. I don't like that, I have to say. Maybe we have it later in the interview. Okay. Um, yeah, and she was, yeah, a normal teacher. Yeah. Okay. Did she speak English? No, no. It's just um, it. It was just yeah, learning some words, grammar, the first things. Mm -hmm. And in this time, I didn't know how real English sounding. How it sounded. How it's sounding, mm -hmm. and that's why I didn't miss something. Okay. Yeah. So probably in those early years, it was mostly repetitive sentences, like working on structure and grammar. Not much, yeah. spe not much speaking practice. No, you had a, a book, uh -huh. a learning book, normal learning book. Um, mm -hmm. And then you had all the, um, you, you had practice with speaking and hearing from a cassette. It's long okay. ago. And um, it was this kind of uh, Oxford English. So very British sounded okay and you learned also in, in germany it's usual if you learn a language so i later i had latin in school mm -hmm. you also learn a lot about the countries the history so um we learned a lot about great britain okay and later us so yeah but i didn't i don't remember when we learned what but um yeah it was like that so outside of the classroom, could you continue to practice speaking English? It, it was one year after the wall came down. So mm -hmm. you, it was, uh, yeah, in the early, early 90s. Early 90s. Uh -huh. And um, you had no opportunity for Netflix or something like that. Okay. You had your normal TV and your, let's say, five uh, different uh, channels. Okay. And these channels were German. So um, in Dessau, I don't know, but um, exactly, but I think in Dessau, no English native speaker was living in this time. Okay. So, um, and 
yeah, we read books in the school for mm -hmm. the lesson, also at home, mm -hmm. but um, not for, for, for like a hobby or something. Okay. You, you didn't have the opportunity to do it. Did you enjoy the, the classes that you had in school? Yeah. Okay. So I, I like to learn other languages. Uh -huh. And even in this time, it was very exciting because we were the first class who had English for the first, um, for the first foreign language. Okay. And um, yeah, we, we knew, and also my parents told me that um, if you would like to travel, if you will meet other people, international people, you have to, to know English, to speak English. And that's why I liked the class, yeah. Okay, so that's a good point that you make. Do you think your parents motivated you to learn a second language? I think yes. Okay. But you, you, did, you don't have the choice in Germany. The first foreign language you have to learn. Uh -huh. You don't have the choice, uh, oh, I like to learn English or not. Okay, because it's a course in the curriculum. Yeah. So we talked a lot about this high school graduation thing. Um, it's In Germany, it's different. So you have different school, school types. It's not only high school. You have, um, uh, let's say, Realschule and uh, Gymnasium. So mm -hmm. I was uh, in the Gymnasium and made my Abitur. Um, and for that, you have to choose two um, classes. Mm -hmm. For example, I choose... Um, um, mathematics and English okay in this uh, classes you have five hours a week so you have the most um, the most input uh -huh. and you have to to do um, exam okay uh, written six hours okay in the end so and in, in this the, the points in this classes are very high ranked Okay. So you should be good in the classes you choose. So when you get a good exam. Okay. So in 10th grade, you chose English as one of your major courses. Yes. yes. So, English and mathematics. Yeah. So I can assume when you finished high school that you were very good at math and you were very good at speaking English. Yeah. No. So I think my English right now is much more better mm -hmm. um, because of all the experiences and English classes and everything. Um, and in the whole time you have German English teachers. I don't, I will not say that they are not good, but I think it's a big, big difference to have an English teacher like you, who is a, a native speaker. Mm -hmm. And you miss a little bit the, the um, practice, yeah, the, the normal practice. So you travel to, let's say Spain or somewhere else with the parents and you can order in English and you can also talk to people, but you're very limited, let's say limited. And maybe afraid to, to speak in this time. Okay, so when you say limited, what do you mean by that? Yeah, you learn with the school books. Mm -hmm. And uh, this time you didn't have Netflix or something like that to, to um, watch English speaking series, for example, or films or um, so when I did my driver's license uh -huh. first, um, I, I began to, to, to hear the English music and to translate for me. 
what okay. they are singing in the car because it's a little bit boring sometimes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so I started that. See, now you can listen to the podcast in the car. But yeah, I, 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 now, I, now you have a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things. No, I understand what you're saying. Like you wanted to hear more natural speech in English. Yes. Yes, and and I think it's important to to talk a lot. So I I had a, a visit in in London when I was fourteen. So okay. from from the church, it it was from the confirmation um, uh, classes, mm -hmm. and uh, they had a partner church near near London, and then we traveled there with the whole confirmation class. Right. And uh, yeah, it was great. We, we could have conversation and it was a nice family. And we were two, a friend of mine and me in one family. And they were really nice. And that was also a very good experience for me to, um, to talk to people with a native background. Was that the first time you traveled abroad? No, no. At so uh, my pair, no. Uh, alone, yes. It was the first time for me alone when I was 14. But uh, before we traveled with my parents, um, yeah, the normal German travel things like Bulgaria, Spain, Portugal, okay. Mallorca, okay. the normal things. Yeah. <laughs> now I get, I'm beginning to see where the travel bug came from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a virus. So you graduated high school, you start working. Yeah. Do you use English in your job? Yes, I work in a company, in a German company with uh, international suppliers. Mm -hmm. And that's why all the forms and everything is in English. And I had to use what I learned. Yeah. Okay. When, when I started working, I had something in Germany, we say like a trainee program. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the things I did in this time were written. But after that, after two years, I finished that. And then I changed in the purchasing department. And from this day on, the whole conversation, telephone and email and everything, fax, for example, huh? was completely in English, yes. Okay. So when you interviewed for the position, do you think they were looking for someone who could speak English? Um, yes, I think when, when I started the trainee program yes mm -hmm. because i think right now it's if you if you finish school it's a little bit normal that you have the normal conversation skills and you speak english i worked in the purchasing department for eight years mm -hmm. at all and um, then i changed uh, in inside the company i changed my job and um, right now i'm yeah let's say I don't speak English for my job. And that's why I started um, the English courses with the Lingua okay. to, to not lose it. Maybe let's say do not lose it. How did you find a Lingua in the first place? What, yeah, what motivated you to find us? Yes, I think um, in this time, let's say it was 15 years ago, approximately, mm -hmm. 14 maybe. Um, my English was better than after finishing school because I had to speak and to write and to do a lot in English. Mm -hmm. And then I changed my job inside the company and um, English was not necessary anymore. And that's why I don't want to lose all the skills. Mm -hmm. And I like to speak English 
And that's why I started to search for an, um, let's say, um, language school. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in Lingua was what I found in Dessau. Okay. Did you only look in Dessau or did you look around in the, in the regions? I only looked in Dessau. Um, I know that there are different schools also in Leipzig and Berlin, but um, for one hour a week or two hours a week, yeah, it's too far away. Okay. And it was before the time of Zoom and everything. And that's why uh, I wanted short ways. <laughs> okay. So when you came to Inlingua, what did you ask them for? Did you want a, a private course? Did you want a one-on-one -on -one course? Or did you want a conversation course? I think I asked for for course. Yeah, it, it was a normal course. It was a, um, a, a, a course with a beginning date and an, and an end date. Okay. It was not like now. I like the um, idea to have a native speaker for teaching. Yeah. Okay. So when you came to... He was from America. So when you came to Enlingua, did you specifically ask for a native speaker of English? As a teacher? No, but I assumed that it would be like that. Okay. I didn't ask for that, but it was important for me. Yeah. And how was that experience, like studying with other students? Was it positive for you? Yeah, it was nice. Okay. To talk, to discuss. So after that course ended, so then basically it becomes a conversation class. With, and it how was a smooth, uh, it was not that we said, okay, we start now a conversation class. It was like a smooth um... transition. Yes, transition. Okay. thank you. So I came in 2016. So I took over the course and that's when we first met in 2016. Like in your opinion, like what's your assessment of the courses over the last couple of years for your conversation class? Like, are you getting out yeah. of it what you want? You can be honest, too. Don't worry. Yeah. So, so I like it. You know that. Um, so you are, I think, our fifth teacher. I like the conversation class most because um, I, I have a very busy job. I don't want to have homework or something like that. Mm -hmm. And if we have uh, questions, uh, so even right now we have sometimes grammar questions or how can we say this or that, we can ask and we can do it inside the conversation class. And that's why I like it. Okay. It's, it's, it's a little bit like uh, having dinner in the restaurant and talk a little bit. So that's why I like it. <laughs> what are some of your favorite topics that we discuss? Yeah, I cannot say it's favorite or not favorite. But um, yeah, I'm all, all, always interested in um, political topics, in topics like um, how people live in other, other countries. Yeah, and a lot of daily, daily news, news topics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have a good mix of students. They come from a variety of backgrounds, from you know, a variety of, of experiences. And I think people generally like respect one another in that class and they respect each other's opinions. And that's, that's something that I think is like, that's one of the favorite parts of the class for me. Cause sometimes we do disagree, of course, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we respect, we respect each other's opinions and of course people can have different opinions. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of, you know, a democratic environment. Do you think you're improving your language skills by coming to the course? Um, yes, I think so. 
Okay. Because we, we discuss also a lot of um, different topics. Maybe they are new for me or some of the other students. And um, even if we say something wrong, you correct. And that's important, I think. And that's why I think you improve every lesson, you improve your English. Or we, not you, you don't have to improve your English. We have to improve. Um, so that's why I think we improve our English in every lesson, yes. I think one of the benefits in teaching adults is that it's okay if you want to get together socially, right? Like, this is one of the aspects of the class that I really liked. We've celebrated Thanksgiving several times. We've gone out to dinner many times. Is that also a part of, of the cultural part of, of, of language learning? Yeah, because it's not, I, I don't feel it's like a class. So I like to come every Tuesday uh, or to, to join right now with Zoom. It's also very nice. It's a mm -hmm. nice opportunity. But um, it's more like, yeah, meeting friends mm -hmm. <laughs> and discuss different topics. So I like it, yeah. So you mentioned before, well, you traveled a lot with your family. I was 10 when the wall came down. And um, after that, traveling was okay, mm -hmm. if you could afford it. And um, yeah, it's, it's a funny story. So 1990, we were in Bulgaria um, with, with a plane, mm -hmm. uh, because otherwise you have to travel a long, long way. And uh, friends of my parents were there 10 years ago with for their honeymoon okay. with a tent and train and everything and they wanted to go to to see what happened there and uh, how how it looks like now or, or in the 90s mm -hmm. and they asked my parents if we wanted to, to come with them okay and then my parents um yeah uh, looked how much money they have in their account and then they said okay that's our our opportunity to, 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 to fly. So it was my first flight, mm -hmm. 1990 in the summer with Air Bulgaria. <laughs> and uh, we had a very nice two week holiday with beach and everything. And uh, yeah, it was in a hotel. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, a very low standard hotel, but nice. It was, it was our first real holiday. Mm -hmm. And my parents liked it so much that they said, okay, if we can afford, we will fly one time a year for holiday. Yeah, in the South. Okay. In Germany, we say in the South or to the South. Yeah. And that was my travel starting. No, the reason I ask is because I think, I think you travel the most out of the students in our class. And you're one of the most traveled persons I've met on the planet. Really? Yeah. Do you use English on every trip that you take? If it's outside of a German speaking country? Yes. Yes. Even, even this first in 1990, it was the time where I started to learn English, what I told before. And even in this time, it was like, yeah, like parents are, they said, hey, yeah, you learn English. And right now you can ask something for us. So with my few words in this time, um, I, it was not talking. It was, yeah, it was also not practicing, but um, yeah, it started. 
this time. Is it like ordering or asking for directions? Yeah, yeah. Checking in at exactly. the hotel or? Yeah, correct. Did that encourage you from an early age that you wanted to, to experience more outside of the country? Um, yes, I think so. So even my 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 job wish in this time was to to work in a travel agency. Okay. Loved also the not only the traveling itself, also planning the traveling. I love to plan everything. And um, I think that's more that's German thought, than anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm completely German in this topic, um, and that's why uh, I in this time I wanted to work in a travel agency. Yes. Okay. Do you use a travel agency today yourself when you're planning a trip or no? Um, yeah, to be honest, yes, partly. Um, normally, I organize everything for us, mm -hmm. for my husband and me. Yeah, you know that I love to have holidays on cruise ships. That's right. And we are always looking for the best price, always. And... We have a travel agency in Texas, USA, mm -hmm. uh, where we book all our cruise travels. But the the, the flight and everything else, um, I do for for myself. How does it make you feel knowing that you can communicate in English? Does it make you a more confident traveler, like knowing that you can communicate in English? Because you know that no matter what happens. You can help yourself. Okay. Can you give us an example? Mm, yeah. If, if something happens, maybe, for example, if you fly British Airways um, via London and something happens with a, with a connecting flight or, or you have to connect flights in New York or Atlanta or somewhere else mm -hmm. and the flight is away or anything else happens, you can uh, talk to the persons and arrange what has to be arranged. Okay, so one aspect that you're talking about is like problem solving, right? In an English yes. environment. That's yeah. important. That's important when yeah. you're traveling. Or let's say also like international, an... sorry to interrupt you, but also mm -hmm. international. It's not only English if you go to Thailand and you are on the for example Bangkok airport, mm -hmm. you can also yeah solve problems in English. Okay. We had this topic on a cruise ship on our honeymoon uh, cruise. And uh, yeah, the toilet pipe was not working. Okay. It's a problem in an inside cabin. So um, yeah, but we they could fix it. Okay. But you had to communicate that in English to fix it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. On the telephone, yeah. To call the yeah, reception, for example. And even talking over the telephone is more difficult. Yes, in a that's what I mean. Language. Yeah, yeah. Because I can use a lot of body language. I can bring somebody into the room. I can point to something. If I cannot translate, okay, what exactly the problem is, I can still like with with my facial expressions or my body language. Like you can you can communicate effectively if even if you don't speak the language. But over the telephone, that's another story. Yeah, okay. but I think also the the the. The, the cruise holidays uh, even improve our English very, very good. How so? If you normally go to, to for holiday to the US or Great Britain, you 
for dinner, for example, you go in a restaurant, you are seated, and then you are also alone on the table with your husband or somebody else. And you cannot say, oh, I want, I, I would like to talk to you because I want, would like to improve my English. And um, that's completely different on cruise ships. Um, in the first time, so in the first, I think, three, four years, we cruised, um, we started in 2009. Mm -hmm. uh, we had for dinner tables where every evening the same people sat. And we, when we booked the cruise, we said that we don't want a German table because normally if 10 Germans are on board, uh, they say, oh, they are German, they like each other, they can sit together because they can talk in German. But we do the cruises to talk in English. And um, it was very good. We have very nice conversations because you have maybe one week with the same persons on the table. And um, yeah, that's why this kind of practicing is even not normal if you have normal holidays in the so, US, for example. So what are some of the topics that you guys normally talk about? Yeah, normally you begin with a normal um, topics where you're from. And so you have the first evening completed mm -hmm. to talk about where we are from, where they are from. And um, yeah, and if we like each other, maybe we have also discussed with, yeah, let's say friends right now, um, political topics. Okay. But it's not the first evening thing. Okay. I mean, do you talk about... We are very diplomatic. That's okay. why we have to check out what we can say and what not. So in the, in the get to know you part, do you guys talk about like your jobs and you talk about your family yeah. and if you have... You talk about where we come from and how mm -hmm. nice Germany is. And normally, if, if you, we met a lot of Americans... And normally, if you say you are from Germany, they say, oh, it's so nice to hear that. And your English is so good. And we cannot speak German. And um, this was also the point where I, for myself, um, were not shy to speak. Before that, I was like, oh, maybe I don't say it right. And they don't understand me. And they were so welcoming and so nice to us and said, oh, your English is so good. And uh, so you are very unshy to speak and to talk. And um, that helped a lot mm -hmm. to improve the speaking and listening skills. Yeah. Okay, so generally, like if you're talking to Americans and they, they find out that you're from Germany, they are welcoming in the conversation. Completely, yeah. And mostly they say, Yes, I was also, I was in Munich. I was a GI somewhere in Germany. Um, and yeah, and that's why they, they, I, we feel like they love Germany a lot. Okay. Yeah. When you tell them you're from Dessau. Yeah. Do they have any idea where that is? No. Um, normally we say that we are from East Germany and then we need one evening to explain all the history stuff <laughs> and to explain that maybe they were in the other part of Germany when they were stationed for, for the, um, for the military, for example. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's, even... it's very nice. Yeah. They are from 
all over America. And normally we know only the, yeah, the states like Florida, New York, okay. Massachusetts, uh, California. And it's also very interesting to hear stories from Kentucky, Idaho, or somewhere else. So it's also very interesting to talk about religion. So um, it's really also completely different to Germany. And even on cruise ships, we, we met uh, very nice people from, from Tel Aviv. Okay. And uh, learned a lot about Jewish history and everything. We, we like to talk to other, to people from other um, backgrounds, maybe from other countries to learn. So we had also a nice couple from Singapore and we learned how it works to, to drive a car in Singapore okay. and something like that. And um, we are not this typical Germans who are in an all-inclusive resort with other Germans and <laughs> like that. It's also people. nice to, to, to have this kind of holiday for one week or something. Mm -hmm. But um, for us, holiday is also a little bit like learning new things. Okay. And you can also say, yeah, a cruise ship is like an all-inclusive resort. Maybe it is, yes. But um, we like to have the, the opportunity to talk to people from different countries. Well, your cruise ship, it, it pulls into a port city, right? Yes, and but it's not important for us. <laughs> okay, but then you're allowed to go out and explore the city. Yeah, on your yeah. Own? Normally, yes, yes. It's so not... you can see a lot of cities or, or, or venues in a very short time, and you don't have to pack and to unpack. Okay. So, and so how many how many cruises have you taken? Twenty five. Okay. Like, how did you get into cruising? I mean, I know you like it, but yeah. exp explain to our listeners why do you like it so much. So, yeah, at work, I met a, a person, uh, it was something like a customer, and um, she told me, yeah, I like to travel with cruise ships and um, only with the American ones. And I asked why, and she said, yeah, it's, it's, it's another, like another world, and you are also able to go with German cruise ships, for example. Mm -hmm. It's also very nice. We also tried that. It was nice. Uh, but um, we decided to take our first cruise with an American cruise ship from Florida um, because it was really cheap. So okay. we paid only 199 euro for five nights. And um, it started in Fort Lauderdale. And we booked, I think, two years in advance. And yeah, I also like the TV series in Germany. It's called Traumschiff. It's something like in your country, Love Boat. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's like like a dream holiday it was for us. And then we booked this cheap cruise and said, okay, we, we try it. And if we like it, it's okay. And if we don't like it, it was not so expensive. Okay. So that was what we thought. And then we tried it and um, we like this international American flair. And uh, we, yeah, it was the first cruise and we learned how good it is to to speak english to to talk english to yeah and that we can so improve our english skills okay and we met really nice people 
at the first cruise and yeah. so would you say that i mean it sounds like english language of course it's not one of the reasons it's it's not one of the reasons that you take cruises but it's certainly a benefit to the cruise experience it's one of the reasons we take cruises okay really yeah it's also a nice holiday and relaxing and everything but it's one of the biggest things why we take cruises yes because you don't have this opportunity in no hotel in the whole world i'm from america and you've seen so many more places (laughs) in the states than i have (laughs) (laughs) can you recall an interesting conversation that you had on one of your recent cruises in english like do you are you keeping up with people do you exchange emails you exchange like phone numbers like hey the next time i come back to this part of the world, like, let's go out for dinner? Or does that happen? And are you creating these relationships? Yes. Uh, but there are so many that you are not able to to keep in touch with, with everybody. So even our first cruise, we, we met very nice um, people from Fort Lauderdale. And we were on a table for 10 for dinner. Mm-hmm. A German table because it was our first cruise. We didn't know that we have to say that we don't want to sit with Germans. And um, we were every evening we were alone because all the Germans love to have the buffet and we like to have the normal dinner with serving and everything. And next to us were three big tables with, um, I think they were from New York and they had a big birthday for the five days. And um, one evening they asked why, where we are only alone and if we have honeymoon or something. And we said, no, but all the Germans are gone. <laughs> so they are in another restaurant. And then they came to us and we talked and it was so nice. And uh, when the cruise ended, we had another five days in, um, in Fort Myers uh, or Bonita Springs near Fort Myers. And they were from Fort Myers and then they invited us for having dinner together and we met each other on land. Yeah. And even we had a Mediterranean cruise in a few years ago and we had a very nice couple from Boston. And two years ago, we started a cruise from Boston and we called them and we had also dinner together. So you stay in touch with some people, not every day, not every week, but maybe you write an email for Christmas and yeah, you, you learn a lot of different accents. <laughs> no, but even if you're, even if you're sending Christmas holidays, you've made some sort of connection on that cruise yeah. or, or yeah. doing that interaction. Right. And I yeah. think that's, I think that's what's important here. And I think that's where language is, is key. Yeah. Because, you know, if you couldn't speak, then you wouldn't meet them. <laughs> no, no. So let me ask you, uh, this could be a little complicated, but I want <laughs> to ask it. Have you ever got into a political discussion? And tell our listeners, like, can you sort of describe that conversation? Yes, uh, but not, not on the first evening. <laughs> so we have to uh, know each other a little bit better. If you, um, I think if you talk let's say three four hours uh, evening mm-hmm. with different people um, you can hear very fast which opinion in politic they have i think can you give us an example and, i don't want to put you on the spot but can you give us an example 
Yes, uh, yeah, you, you talk a little bit about family and everything. And if um, they tell you they're afraid what will happen when Trump is not the president maybe anymore. Okay. And they're really afraid what will happen with their grandchild and grandgrandchild. Um, you know what opinion they have. Like if and a Republican for me, is for us, yeah. Yes. Okay. And for us, um, we, we met a lot of people which are very democratic and even in times of Obama were supporter for Obama. And we met a lot of people in the time of uh, Trump who were supporter, big supporter uh, of Trump. And I have to say um, for us or for me, it's very interesting to hear that. And when the people are sympathetic at all, mm -hmm. It's not a it's not a reason for me to say, oh, you are a Trump supporter. I don't like you anymore. Right. And it's much more interesting for me to hear why they think like they think. And um, it's it's not only black and white, I think. Okay. And uh, it's very interesting for us to to meet people, yeah, with different political backgrounds. And if we have another opinion. We tell, yes, but um, we use this yeah, conversation maybe to think about it. Okay. One time more than normal, okay. I think. We don't change the, the opinion every day or something like that. But um, let's say we are very diplomatic. Well, it also gives you a more balanced worldview, don't you think? Because Yes, I also think so. Yeah, and it's, it's a good thing to have a topic for small talk, for example. So we also mm -hmm. met people from Norway, from Sweden, from Denmark, um, and they are mostly very, very good English speaker. And um, you, yeah, and if you say, okay, you're from Denmark, great. Uh, I like your royal family. You, even Great Britain, if you say to a Scottish couple, I like your royal family, and you have a topic for maybe five hours. It's okay. great. <laughs> it's like football for men. <laughs> it's like football for men. That's good. So for anyone right now who's out there listening to this conversation, what advice would you give them? How, if I, if they, if someone came up to you and said, Claudia, like, hey, your English is so good. Like, I, I'd really like to learn how to improve my language skills. Like, what was, what are some of the things you would tell them? Yeah, book a cruise with an American cruise ship <laughs> and take Scott for teaching. <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> Because even, even on the cruise ships, you have, um, you say, oh, can I say it like this? Or can have I say it like that? Mm -hmm. And even, you know, that after I come back from a cruise, I have several questions about English. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can take a German cruise with a German cruise ship to improve your German. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. In the opposite way. That's true. Yeah, I'm really happy that you agreed to do the interview. And again, you were the first student. It was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. I really, you know, I, I thank you so much. And um, yeah, I look forward to, you know, our next lesson next week. Yeah, on Tuesday. <laughs> on evening. Tuesday, yeah. Thank okay. you for the invitation. It was yeah. very nice. I liked thank, it. Thank yeah. you very much, Claudia. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Idiom a day keeps the doctor away. Let's talk idioms. 
So, John, do you have an idiom for us this week? Yes, I do. And what idiom would you like to talk about today? I have food for thought. Food for thought. What exactly do you mean by that? Food for thought. Food for thought is an idiom. It means um, I'm offering you something to think about. Okay. Can you explain a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. I used it in the last week. Uh, I attended a meeting and at the meeting, or after the meeting, uh, I spoke with a colleague and uh, said to my colleague, wow, there was uh, lots of food for thought in that meeting, meaning that um, we talked about lots of things that we can go away and think about. I'll, I'll just hand it over to Ali. Ali, can you think of an example yourself spontaneously? Uh, I can try, John. Uh, I mean, to me personally, I've always thought about this idiom as a suggestion. Yeah, that's a good point. That's Rather exactly, than, I think that's exactly what I just said. <laughs> yeah, because the idea is like, for example, um, hey, you know, like I'm listening to this podcast and it's not really fun. It's kind of annoying. There sounds kind of bad. Like the quality isn't there. Not this one. Okay. Course. Well, of course not. And a good example. I'm happy that he could uh, give you one uh, to make you maybe understand it a little bit better. But. <sighs> um, but well, Ali, Ali makes a good point. Uh-huh. Um, it can also be like a suggestion. And I think that's another subtle way to use it. But I actually received an SMS from you this week, Scott. And yeah. it was a picture. And below it, you wrote food for thought. Right. So those were suggestions because we're looking for, for photos. Yeah. Right. Photos to go on the, yeah. uh, the pod beam. Yeah. So there's like six or seven or eight photos. And you remember you planted the idea into our heads because you were like, what do you guys think about, you know, so you were asking for advice or suggestions, seven or eight different opinions. And Mm -hmm. yeah, food for thought, John. So then you decide in the first place, John, see, you see how or I could how much like (laughs) like explicit that is. That's so good, man. I'm going to add one more detail to what Scott posted is that there was a pun in there too right scott there was a pun but remind yeah. me what, what what it was i, I'm, I can't as in the the, oh, right, the picture right. that you shared was a bunch of different foods and ah dude yes right i did you know what i like that photo that was taken hmm. all of that horizontally eventually. but mm-hmm. i really like that photo the because it's just when they brought it to the table everything looks so good yeah yeah that was also a pun and posting a photo of food and then uh, mentioning that that's food for thought um, could also be a clue to the origin of this uh, idiom. Hmm. Okay. Any, any ideas of perhaps where it comes from? Ooh, uh, so, uh, Ali, do you I, have a hypothesis? I wish I did. I mean, my hypothesis were, was more related to, you know, um, the idea that food actually reinvigorates the mind. It gives you power, so it lets you think. I mean, that's basically how I believe this pun, like this is what the meaning is. Uh, but uh, I'm really not sure about the origins though. I mean, I'm, I can't really recall where they are, come from. No Maybe idea. 
Before making an important decision, you need to eat something. That's a very good. Okay, that's I I like that. Because again, like food for thought, there's a decision that has to be made or will be yeah, made. Of course, right? So everybody's giving you different ideas. So maybe you don't make you don't make important decisions on an empty stomach. Yeah, that's all, okay. I think that's another one. Yeah, I think they're two great hypo hypotheses. Um, actually, I checked and <laughs> I, <laughs> and what did you find, John? No, that's good. Yeah, and um, surprisingly, though, uh, I checked three, four sources, and every source had a different origin. So it was hard for me to pinpoint perhaps where it comes from. So um, I like your two hypotheses. They make uh, a lot more sense perhaps than what I read. Um, one hypothesis was that it uh, originated from um, the French Revolution. Okay. Some question um, ideas that they were always told. And so thinking became uh, a new concept and questioning um, perhaps some established traditions, hmm. rules, laws. So, yeah, that was one source. But again, I'm not really sure. I actually like your two hypotheses. I'm going to run with them. Is that post-Renaissance? <laughs> yeah. Well, the French Revolution. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, do you know when the French Revolution was? Started? I'm trying to think. I mean, that's, the Enlightenment comes after that. So yeah. I can give you a quick um, French Revolution. You know, I'm from America, man. I don't know anything about European history. <laughs> There's a really easy way to remember when the French Revolution was on. The date is 1789. So it's just right after Ooh. our revolution. No, 789. 1776. Yeah. So right afterwards, like, okay, like 20 years later. Yeah. 789? So, okay, 1789. So there you go. Thank you for listening to Enlingua Podcast, live from Dessau. We hope you stay tuned for more episodes.